in a big time. Welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams. Ford Taylor joining us today, and I'm I'm for I gotta tell you, I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, I don't want to get all hoopla on a podcast, but uh, we've got a very special guest today. Joined yeah. today, uh, yeah, Patty. Yeah, yeah, Patty McBain. Introduce Patty, Patty to our CW. It's, I, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I'm seeing you guys on Zoom, and we're recording this for the podcast. But uh, Patrick McBain is the real given name, but we all uh, know and love and, and like to refer to him as Patty. Patty, thanks for joining us today. Great, good, to up. good, to, good to be here. Really good to be here with you and with Ford. What this is like a this is like a special treat. This is you know this is like getting something. You know, finding money in your pocket and going, wow, I didn't expect that today. Well, I'm going to uh, uh, gracefully um, allow Ford to really introduce you and talk about what you do, because I don't think anybody could do it better than him. So, Ford, take it away, brother. Happy to do it. PW, great to see you again today. It's always fun to be together and do our podcast. And Patty, it's always wonderful to be with you. You know, we we joke around a lot and tease a lot with a lot of people on the calls. And but the truth is, everybody knows how I feel about you. That you are one of one of the rock stars. They're just getting a lot done. And so, thank you for joining us today. You know, Patty McMain. He, he, you, he is the head of global initiatives for FSH Strategy Consultants slash TL Transformation Leadership and also the Executive Director of Marketplace Solutions. Uh, Patty has been one of our certified trainers, uh, coaches, consultants for years, and now uh, the impact he's having globally. Uh, we were fortunate this morning to be on our international call, which Patty leaves, and he invited me on that call. Uh, I was 100% stunned at how much you and that team have expanded and what you've accomplished in so many different countries. So thank you for all you're doing, all the lives you're impacting. Well, Patty McBain, tell us a little bit about you and, and what you're doing and what's going on. And uh, our goal is to help people with practical, implementable tools on knowing yeah. how to love, influence, and transform. So talk to us, my friend. Well, good to be with you. As I said a moment ago, Ford, I love you. I can't thank the Lord enough for who you are. and. Uh, not not only to the world, but more importantly and specifically to me, uh, Ford, I would not be where I am today without you. Uh, I know this isn't wh why we do this call, but if I don't say that, uh, the rest of what's about to be said kind um, of feigns a little. So uh, thank you. I love you. Um, I love you too. You're a blessing. Yeah. Uh, PW, same back at you. This is like fun being able to uh, interact with you and uh, uh, spend some time. You know, our paths just don't cross as much as I, I really wish they would. And look at this, man. We I, I got two worlds that are colliding, and it's going to be a, a great call. So thank you for uh, inviting me. And uh, hey, uh, first and foremost, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I am married to my beautiful bride, Leslie. We will celebrate 42 years next year, and uh, uh, along with that, we have two amazing daughters and five grandkids, so that's the real uh, Patty McBain story. Uh, for the last uh, 16 years, Ford, um, I have been uh, essentially on mission to 
raise up a generation of transformational leaders. I didn't always have that language until I met you in Buenos Aires, Argentina in November of 2007. And uh, after meeting you uh, and not only sharing our stories, but being invited into a room where I personally was a participant in transformational leadership, uh, my world just shifted. Uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, uh, I'm in, I'm not sure what in means. And we tried to figure that out, and we're still figuring it out to a certain degree. But um, uh, a lot of what's been done in the last six to seven years, uh, especially as it pertains to you know leading some of the global initiatives for TL and using marketplace solutions as uh, one of those vehicles to make that happen, is uh, we are. Uh, taking TL around the world. And so today is a perfect example. Uh, we had uh, eight different countries uh, dialed in from places like Nigeria, Rwanda, uh, Kenya, uh, Philippines, South Africa. I mean, it was amazing to see all across the US here. It was amazing to see how people had gravitated for our monthly call. And it's just an example of what's in motion right now, which is pretty amazing to me uh, because uh, when this all started, uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure how transformational leadership would speak into different cultures or move into other areas of the world. And it's not only relevant, but it is truly transformational, which says a lot about TL. That's great stuff, Patty. We, um, I've always wondered uh, how that those other cultures would accept this information. And the more I think about it, I would think they would probably be more open to it because they're less jaded than the folks in the U.S. Um, there's so much stuff out there, Patty, in regards to leadership. But you know what we try to do here uh, every episode is to is to talk and teach and impart and encourage folks um, to uh, learn the tools, use the tools, and uh, continue to um, provide practical and uh, implementable information uh, to our subscribers, to our listeners. Can you share a little bit uh, about uh, the differences between training in the U.S.? Because you do both, uh, teaching and training in the U.S. versus uh, teaching and training in these in these other countries. Mm, yeah, great question. I, you know, I I would say, believe it or not, the biggest shift that I had to make personally was the ability to slow down um, and be present enough in a room where I could actually hear the need, recognize what was being shared, and um, and and consequently. Uh, being able to then uh, bring those tools uh, into the room in a way that was uh, meaningful. Uh, and so I'd, I'd say for me, uh, that one, just that one simple thing of slowing down enough to not only hear what the audience truly wanted and then uh, to connect them with these TL tools. 
allowed that bridge to essentially be there. Yeah, Patty, as we travel globally, you know, we find so many different cultures. You know, every country has not just a culture, but multiple cultures. So That's much right. on the first page of the manual, we don't even use the word culture. Mm -hmm. you know, we, use some, we use two other words, and then we come back later uh, internationally, and we bring the word culture in because we know when we go, we can step on their toes. Can you share a little bit about that and what's happened in some countries as you've gone out and around culture? Because, you know, even in America now, there's a lot of those cultures coming to us and being able yeah. to communicate and uh, translate and do all these things to make it work. Share a little bit more with us about that. Well, uh, if it's OK, I'm going to uh, share a faux pas of when I failed early on in this process. Uh, I was in Kenya. Uh, we were. Uh, delivering the training to pastors from not only uh, the big city there in Nairobi, but uh, some of the rural areas. And uh, there was a woman in the, in the room that after we had shared a significant portion of the social covenant, and of course, you know from uh, your own experience and even how you trained me, we put ourselves on the block. That if there's ever anything that I need to know that is getting in the way of this training really being impactful, in other words, give me some feedback and don't feel like you can't do that during a break. Well, during a break, one of the women in the training came to me and she said, um, you've used some words that um, you may want to be careful with. And I can't ex remember exactly what those words were today, because this is probably seven years ago. But the fact that she came to me, to me, in a U.S. context, we throw things around so simply and without thought or consideration that, you know, it's no big deal. In another setting, if you're not sensitive enough to that and willing enough to shift so that, again, you can be heard uh you're you're never going to make a difference so i remember that i walked back into the uh training i did a six-step apology to her and then to the class and they were their their mouths were agape that i would stop the training from moving forward until this was addressed that's amazing patty thank you for sharing that uh, one thing I do love about you is your vulnerability, transparency. So let's connect some of those tools that, you know, when PW asked about, you know, how does it translate into the country? So let's just share with the audience a little bit. So one of the things that you just heard about was that all feedback is relevant. Uh, and so someone came up and gave Patty some feedback. Once he heard the feedback, he used another tool, which is called the six-step apology. He went back in the room. He apologized and they were stunned. Patty, don't you think it's interesting that when we travel to other countries, they almost expect that here comes the white Americans to push their culture onto us. That's Do you right. ever, I mean, they kind of expect that. So yep. what happens when you take that feedback, you do the six-step apology, what happened in the room after their jaws dropped? Yeah, it's a great question, Ford. One of the things that happened in the room actually surprised me, which was the pushback of, well, we can't do what you just did here. 
<laughs> and I said, excuse me? Yeah, you know, I'm, for instance, a man is not going to stand in front of a room, even if he's training them or teaching them or preaching to them or whatever it may be, and do what you just did. And I said, why not? Because it's not in our culture to do that. Right. And I said, wonderful. I said, when is it going to be in your culture to do that? And, as, and we talk about that, you know, three to five percent of individuals who know this isn't really productive behavior. And until we change it or shift it in a new, better direction, we aren't going to see the change we want. And so one of the things that obviously makes transformational leadership so challenging is that what are you willing to do that others may not be willing to do? I realize this isn't being done in your culture. That's true. Now, what do we do? Is, is what you have right now, is it good enough? If it is, I guess keep doing what you're doing. But if it's not good enough and you're feeling the frustration of that actually being counterproductive, what is it going to take for you to do something that other people are not willing to do? Patty, that's a great word. You know, I want to go a little deeper with this because all three of us have taken the TL tools and worked outside of our own kind of uh, easy space, right? We've been in companies where there's uh, levels of um, uh, uh, conflict and there's uncomfortable things right in front of us. I'm anxious to hear which of the specific TL tools, say the social covenant would be my guess, because it's written kind of with the American theme and backdrop. And that social covenant, uh, I don't feel uh, you have to uh, change dealing with companies in the U.S. as far as the order of how it's written in the words. Tell me, uh, when you're in a foreign country, does that does the social covenant does it does it take on a different feel? Because we we ask our clients or whoever you're working with um, to kind of uh, design that uh, with their mm-hmm. team, which really has the most impact when they write it. Um, do you feel uh, that the social covenant has to kind of be written different? The you know language uh, is a given, but the theme of it, do you, do you feel like that has to be a little bit different than we do it uh, you know, here in the U.S.? Yeah, actually, T.W., you know, um, here's what I've found. If there's anything that may be nuanced or slightly different, it is uh, getting individuals and teams and organizations to describe what they mean by certain words, not necessarily change those words. Hey, I've been in, oh, 30 some odd different countries around the world that when I've had the chance to do TL in those countries and we actually talk about how we want to treat each other are nowhere else. Everyone says respect, 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 right? So what I have to do then is, is ask them to go further with that. And what do you mean by respect? When you say respect, can you describe that? Can you define that in a way that will allow others to actually see into your world because all three of us could actually use that same word and then begin to write something down that for us respect right now means blank 
And for us, going further, going deeper so that you can pick up on both personal as well as cultural relevance is how you do it. Yeah, and PW, the thing that, that Patty and I talk about is that no matter what country we're in, uh, you know, even though within that country in America, you know, you might, if you got 50 people in the room, you'd probably get 35 to 40 different definitions of respect. And so to talk about that social covenant that you're talking about, one of the most impactful parts may not be as much around the definition as around how do we handle it if we feel disrespected or if we feel like someone has broken one of those words that we may not take the time to give a definition on 30 or 40 words. And so by having that, that second part of how do we deal with it? So if I had to explain to our audience, you know, that when we share with these other cultures, how to deal with it, as opposed to being uh, as concerned about the definition, how that works. Yeah, and, and we use the these four ways in which we would approach others. And that has a certain sense of revelation when we put these four ways, you know, going in humility, going in love, uh, going uh, with free forgiveness, going to a person with 100% truth. You know, these ways in which we would actually pre-think and talk and, and prepare ourselves before we actually deal with the challenge of maybe being hurt by someone and trying to work it out is as much a powerful way of equipping someone as having the tool itself, the social covenant in front of us. So, uh, you know, that is to me um as impactful if you will as the actual tool because it's not what you're doing that usually gets in the way it's the way you're doing what you're doing that usually gets in the way and so again that heightened self-awareness whether you're from here or halfway around the world in another setting everybody needs it yeah, and one of the things I've also found as we're going global, um, as we've gone, that some of these uh, tools are, are they're just international. Uh, they they work everywhere, and and one of the things like you just talked about on how we go to someone, you know, one of the things that we found internationally is that gossip's a big issue all over the world. And tell us what happens when when you're in front of these people in these other countries and you explain to them about gossip and the importance of not gossiping and and when we go in those four ways where should i mean when you tell them this is where you should go explain that and, and tell us the response right well again gossip is a universal condition it's not something that we invented here in the west by any means uh it is a it is a problem every country every everywhere in the world and when you share that gossip is a challenge um, and needs to be addressed, obviously everyone starts to squirm a little bit because uh, I think you, you use the words for that uh, it is the uh, most un is it the most undiagnosed uh, illness around the world? Is that how you uh, term it? Yeah, I say I believe gossip could be the most. Undiag the largest undiagnosed addiction in our world today. Addiction. Okay. Thank well, you. If you don't believe me, try stopping. Yes. Yeah, but, so instead of gossiping, what do you tell them to do as they go yeah. in four ways? 
Yeah, uh, you know, one of the one of the keys uh, in, in this is, you know, um, just make a commitment to talk to the person rather than about the person. You know, you put it in plain English where you say, hey, guys, it's easy to talk about someone else. Uh, especially if you've been hurt by them or you think they've done something or you're carrying someone else's offense that is about them. And so our ability to talk to the person rather than about the person is a very clear, direct way in which to engage and address gossip. And, um, you know, it's it's one of these things where it has to, it's it's a commitment by a collective group of people. Um, and we have to continue to prod each other and say, hey, how are we doing with this gossip thing? And we have to measure ourselves against it and make sure that uh, we're just getting better at it. Here we are, Patty. We're on the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. Ford, which is an international uh, teacher, uh, walks the walk. And I got to tell you, teaching TL and getting people to turn that light switch on, you know, everyone will have this certain level of hesitancy. I got to tell you, I'm sitting here listening to you two talk. It's hard in your native language. It's hard uh, in your native culture. It takes a special person, and I'm on this podcast with two special people that can willingly, knowing it's going to be harder, right, to go international with this information. You know, you you two have such a passion for the the end result and the outcome because I tell people all the time, I'm giving you the winning lottery ticket number. You just have to play the numbers. Like this is a winner, guys. Just go play the numbers. And why people fight uh, on uh, rolling up their sleeves, doing the work necessary uh, to play the numbers. But I got to tell you, uh, doing it uh, in a native culture, and I, especially in the last 24 to 30 months, uh, you have not hesitated to go out and keep fighting the fight. And uh, if you could share as we wrap up, you know, what's the mechanics of the international travel? I mean, I would I don't think I could do it justice, but um uh you raise money and people donate money because there's some areas of the world you go to that are third world. I don't I don't I don't mean that as demeaning to where you go, but you don't chase checks in big cities that have the money. You you chase people and or countries and or uh, governments who have the open-mindedness to uh, bring you in and for you to work with them because they want to see change. They want to get better as people. They want their relationships to be better. Yeah. Uh, that uh... Sorry, buddy. I'm just... When I think about what we've been privileged to do, to serve leaders from so many different parts of the world. It's a humbling thing. And to be able to have individuals partner with us, because it does cost money for us to do this. I mean, we work with government leaders. I was in Rwanda earlier this year, and we trained 60 government leaders 
two tiers from the president. 60 government leaders in the Western province. Ministers of parliament showing up on the last day and going, how do we train all of our government leaders in every province with this training? Now, some of us would say, wait, that's a government. They should have money. They should have resources. They should be able to write a check. And to a certain degree, they do. But there's a credibility relationship bridge we are constantly building when we serve people from another country. Uh, and to go in and sort of, again, uh, be very sensitive to the environment that uh, is before us without losing sort of the momentum that we're trying to build with those leaders. Because again, every, every country we work with, this there is relationship equity we are exercising and um that is the greatest resource that's on the table the fact that ford or myself would get an invitation into a foreign country to share this knowledge whether it, we do it for free or they actually write a check to our foundation and keep this going is humbling it's humbling and to then watch them stand up and go this training has changed my life is it's mind-blowing I, I i don't sometimes have words for it to be honest with you yeah. pw you kind of nailed it and i think your your word for all of our listeners is the lottery ticket and so whether it's in America or one of these multiple countries that we've been to, it appears that that so much of this is a universal language. And and like Patty said, it is humbling. It's honoring to get invited. And historically, you know, we, we have paid our own way into these uh, emerging countries uh, that we would not call first world. And I'm going to share, I'm going to launch with a short version of a story that really speaks into what Patty's saying. And I was doing a training with some government leaders, as Patty's done in multiple countries. I was doing one in Ethiopia, uh, invited by the prime minister. And we trained three of their regions and were planning to go back and do the rest when COVID hit. But one of those regions, they told me you won't be received well in this region uh, because they don't believe like you do. Our faiths are different. This happened to be a Muslim region. Doesn't matter. This is just a FYI. You won't be. And within like a few minutes of starting, one of the government leaders started yelling and screaming at me like, what do you think you know about leadership in Ethiopia that we don't know? Why are you even here? I mean, just literally let me have it in front of all these parliament and cabinet members. And of course, this being translated in Amharic. So the my translator is having to yell at me also to really get across what the guy's doing. And, and when he finished, I said, thank you very much for that feedback. There's a good chance that we don't know and maybe we shouldn't be here. Well, he didn't know how to respond to that. So a lady picked up his fight and she started yelling at me. And I said, yeah, let me repeat myself. You're right. I don't know more about your country by any stretch. And I will answer the question, why are we here? It's because these two leaders over here ask us to come train the government in this. And I said, but all you have to do is ask us to leave and I'll leave immediately. Well, they didn't even know how to deal with that you know, because they're used to us arguing. And anyway, so I said, since it kind of went quiet and 
I just said, well, how about we do this? How about we keep going to the first break and then y'all meet, I'll leave the room and y'all may say, let's get out of here. And, and I said, if you want to, if, if you like what you see in the next couple of hours, maybe at lunch, we'll stop again and, and you make another decision. So after two hours, they came back. So let's keep going to lunch, but we're not sure yet. Well, after lunch, they came back and said, we want you to finish. Well, on the third day, PW, the very guy that yelled at me came up, gave me a rock, you know, gave me a fist bump and, and said, uh, how fast can you teach me to take this to our people? And, and all I'm saying is, is that, that there are things that are universal language. And so much of the TL, uh, we, we believe, as you know, is biblically based. And, you know, when you speak the truth, uh, the truth is a lottery ticket. And so, Patty, thank you for being a walking, breathing example of what we teach. You know, we talk about all the, you know, all the different tools and, and how to walk them out. And, and, and boy, do you do it as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a businessman, as a ministry leader. Thank you for doing that. Uh, thank you for being on Four Taylor Talks. It's been too long. We should have done this a lot sooner, but just for being available and, and being with us on the show today. Uh, we invite uh, our listeners to, if they want to, to pass these along uh, to their friends to find out. Because really, what we're talking about is living our lives in a way that we can influence other people. Because we have the ability to influence up to our parents, our bosses, our coaches, across to our peers, down. Uh, I hate this terminology, but to our children, our employees, and this influence that we have with ourselves. And what would happen if we took so much influence that we changed ourselves so much that all the people around us were influenced by that? And what does that look like? You know, we learn to love. We learn to love unconditionally. And in that place, we find unbelievable influence. And what happens from there? People around us get transformed. So just a quick reminder to all of our listeners, love, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com. Thank you.